This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 276 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, TotalSaddleFit.com, and Easy Signs Online. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Glenn. Hey, guys. Hi, Hi, guys. How are you all? Doing good. Doing good. Excellent. I love it. (laughs) Glenn, how are you today? I'm good. I missed your show last week, but I listened to it. I was on my way down to Dr. Wendy's to take my driving lesson. And I listened to it on the way down. Terrific show last week. If anybody missed it, missed it. Uh, Laura Graves was just so much fun to listen to. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that show, didn't we? Yeah, it was really a lot of fun hearing about the wagon. And I guess we're going to be doing a little bit more of that tonight. Yes, we are. We have another team member on. Adrian Lyle is going to come on and talk to us about her experience at the World Equestrian Games. Super excited that both ladies came on the show, and uh, they're lots of fun and and just fun to hear. You know, the the, the maybe more the junior members of this team, and uh, it was really key, really cool to hear how they developed over their experience in Europe. And, and I think everybody will really have a great time. And we have Jody Kelly on. She's a friend of the show. She's on quite a bit. Uh, and we love having her every time. And she uh, went to the World Equestrian Games in France. Uh, she also came to the one here in Kentucky. So she's got some great insight of what it was like to actually see 100 Grand Prix and, and, and what it felt like to be there for all of those, all the, all the bumps and, and things in, in everybody's program. So I think, it, again, this is going to be another really fun show. Well, we're living vicariously for another week, right? And then... And then that's it. We have to say goodbye to the World of Crushing Games until it comes <laughs> exactly. to Canada. Until right? we come see Philip. Until we come up north. Yay! All <laughs> staying at Philip's house. Party of Philip. Yeah. Can you move closer, please? Because six hours isn't close enough for her to make the daily trip. We can take the helicopter. Oh, good. All Even right. better. Okay. Great. That's not a How many can we fit? Because I have like 12 hosts that want to go. Oh, so. never mind. <laughs> Maybe in the wings. Dressage radio show only. <laughs> Love it. I better keep doing the show for another four years, huh? Yeah, exactly. You gotta keep producing. I'm not gonna be in the budget for the helicopter. I'll be on the I'll be on the little platform outside. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Well, very cool. But yes, we do have an a really fun show this week. So uh, right after this commercial break, we will come back with uh, Adrian Lyle. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, Equijule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijule. 
To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, it is my pleasure to have our WEG dressage team member, Adrian Lyle, on the show tonight. Adrian, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, we love it. And and just you and Wizard are now home safe and sound, right? We just got home on Saturday, finally to our home in Idaho. We flew from um, Amsterdam to L.A., quarantined there, rested for a day or two there, and then did the drive back to Idaho. So we're finally home. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we cannot wait to hear all about your adventure. Um, could we maybe start a little bit on on how the qualifying process went for you? Yeah, I mean, this all started for me back in November of last year, which is when we left our home in Idaho and we have been on the road since November. We headed down to Florida and we had a super show season down there. Um, We're really able to take advantage of um, having Global there so close and getting a lot of show ring experience and felt like Wizard just blossomed with that. And so we came in with some really strong scores um, into Gladstone. And then in Gladstone, we ended up making the top eight and heading over to Europe. And that was, I think, a really cool experience that I've never had a chance to to do that with everyone kind of together in one base camp over there. And I thought that was really neat to get to be part of a U.S. contingency everywhere you traveled. That had to be interesting. Was that, I mean, did that, it seemed like you guys did really well. Did, did anybody get on your nerves? I got to ask that question. I'm sure we all got on each other's <laughs> nerves, you know, it's a long time to be spending together, but I know we had a great time actually. You know, we always have, at least once a week, we have like a barbecue at the barn and everyone would hang out and, you know, you, you really do become pretty close to a lot of people when you're spending that much time together. And it's fun when you go in the ring to get to see people there waving American flags, you know, when you're not in America. So it's fun to have that support. Absolutely. So when you were in Belgium, um, you were, you were in camp, uh, and then, and then you guys went to horse shows, right? Yes. So we got to Belgium. Um, we left like just a couple days after Gladstone. This has just been like one thing after another. It was like, boom, boom, boom. We left on the Tuesday after Gladstone. We flew to Amsterdam and then hauled down to the base camp at Belgium, which is a beautiful stud farm. Um, and Rob, the man who owned it, is just was the nicest, most gracious host. He just let us literally take over his barn. We had 10 horses there between Stefan and Tina's fall tour horses, as well as the top eight Grand Prix horses, and was so accommodating to us. And then we were there for about a week, and then we headed on a 14-hour trailer ride up to Fritzens, Austria, and that was our first show. And that was beautiful, but I'm, of course, biased because I live in the mountains in Idaho, so I was, like, feeling right at home there. (laughs) But an absolutely beautiful show put on by the Swarovski family, and they just showered you with gifts from, like, the second you walk in. I've never been to a show with, like, more gracious hosts. It was really fun. They make it into, like, a big party atmosphere. And so that was our first show. And then we came back to Belgium. We were there for, I think, two weeks. And then we headed off to Aachen. And that was my first time riding at Aachen. And it's something that's totally been on my bucket list in life. So I was, like, so thrilled. Yeah, how was that? I mean, I, I that's on my bucket list. So what, what was yeah. that like? That's on a lot <laughs> of lives, people's bucket you know, lists. You always, yeah, you always wonder if it's going to live up to the hype. Does you it? know, and, like, it. It does. It exceeded <laughs> it. It was. It's the coolest show I've ever been to, hands down. <laughs> wow. So and what was it like? The ride to... on the team there, but it, it's so well done. First of all, the showgrounds is they have you know the, the driving horses going on, you know out in the back. They have adventures over there. They have the show jumping, the huge show jumping stadium as well as the dressage stadium, and you 
as a public and as a competitor can pretty much wander anywhere you want and watch all of this going on. So it's a really fantastic venue that way. And it was like because a, of that, a there's a little mini wag before you had to go to the world. It, it totally games. was. It set up just like that. Yeah. And so, awesome. and the fans were incredible. I said, it's, it's always so fun to go over to Europe because not only are the stadiums full, but they're full of really educated people. Like you miss a change and the whole 20,000 people go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're you know, like you hear. that in tune for better or for worse. But then when it's going good, the energy they have is just incredible. Well, Adrian, leading up to the games and, and talking about all these competitions, it seemed like you and Wizard really came together as a partnership and really improved over the over the season and up to the games. What was the what was the key to that? I think a big part of it with him is just keeping him, keep kind of challenging him in different environments. You know, if you get too complacent and just stay home too long with him, he gets a little cocky. And, and so being able to be over in Europe and have all these different different show experiences, I think every time you go down center line, you just you learn so much about you and your horse and being in the great environment where we're able to have coaching and and just keep getting out there and getting exposure and learning how to handle all these different environments. Wow. So, so you went to Aachen and then you guys had, I, what, two weeks before the World Equestrian Games? Yeah. And um, no, we, we had, I think it was three or four weeks before the World Equestrian Games because I went after Aachen. I, I decided I wanted to do one more show. Um, and so I went to Verdun to the CDI there. And because, again, he, he'd been in this rhythm now of about every two or three weeks we've been going and showing. And that seems that was what we did in Florida and that's what we did over in Europe. And it seemed to, just keep his brain where it needed to be. So I didn't necessarily want to sit for a month before the sure. World Equestrian Games. Sure. So we and did you choose are... to do Veriden, and that was that was a great show. We had a, uh, some really strong performances there, too. And he's at an age where I don't have to drill on him hard at home. You know, I'm not riding a snot out of him between these shows. He has a couple of days off. We play with a couple of things. We, I look at my chest, figure out where I want to pick up a half a point, and then you go to the next show. So it's really... It's not, you know, as incredibly strenuous on him as it sounds if you're able to keep that all under control. Sure. And, and you and Wizard have been a partnership for quite some time now. How long, how long have you been riding him? I've been riding him nine years now. Yeah. You guys have been together a really <laughs> long time. So you, can, you yeah. know your horse and you know how to prepare him and, and his rhythm. And, and, and I think that that's an incredible thing to be able to do that. So, uh, so you guys went to Verdon, had a great show at Verdon, and then you get called for the WEG. So what did you do yeah. sort of in preparation for the WEG? You know, we tried not to change a whole lot, <laughs> you know, like we've been sure. having, like I said, a system that's been working. And so you just kind of have to trust your gut and, and stick with that. And part of that with him is giving him those down days after shows and trail riding and turnout. And, you know, I said, I'm absolutely sticking with this plan. This is what I want to do moving forward. I'm not going to get myself hyped up and, and overdo anything. This is what's kept him happy and comfortable. And so we just stuck with that same plan. Awesome. And that takes experience. That's that that is something really hard to do, especially when it's you're in very hard. Especially animal. when you and you look around and you see oh everyone else is riding today and oh they're some of them are rode twice today and they're practicing twice as much as I and you have to just really take a deep breath and say, You know what? You have trust and I know what I'm doing at this point. My horse knows what he's doing. I gotta stick with what my gut says. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the difference sort of between the Olympics and the World Equestrian Games. Yeah, um, well, for me, one of the big differences was when I went to the Olympics, I was um, riding for USA, but I was riding as an individual. So it's a very different dynamic. You know, for the World Equestrian Games, I was a team member. And so you now, you know, are riding for, 
first and foremost for your team, and that becomes the most important thing is you want to be able to go out there and put a good performance down for your team. So give us a little rundown in preparation. You have a few days before the the WAG and then um, and then getting there and traveling and, and yeah, you know, we, preparing we for the actual the WAG test. On Thursday, we left early from Belgium and drove to the WAG. It was like about a five-hour drive, six hours, seven for the trailer. Um, you got to go through all the French countryside. It's just beautiful. I'd never been to France, so that was exciting for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We rolled never, in on, beautiful. Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. So we got in there on Thursday, and then we had opening ceremonies on Friday, I believe, which was really fun. There's always, like, so much excitement, and everyone's, you know, milling around in the holding areas in the warm-up arenas, going, walking down. You walk through this big tunnel to get from the warm-up arenas, because it's a soccer stadium. So you walk through this underground tunnel, and all of a sudden you come out in this huge stadium, and it was it's just such a cool feeling. Yeah, what was it like to ride under that tunnel? That's a really long tunnel, we heard. It was a very long tunnel, and I, the horse, I mean, Wizard definitely gets a little wound up in there, so you do try to keep them as focused on you as you can during that, but it was something when we had, we only had two days in the ring, you know, well, one day, actually, I guess, before the show, and then you could get in the morning of the show as well for a little schooling, but that was something I spent a couple minutes working on, just walking in and out that tunnel and giving them sugar and letting them know it's, you know, it's a safe place, because it's really loud down there, too, like, because everyone's cheering for the ride before you, so you're walking down there, and it just sounds like this huge echoing hall with, you know, thousands of people clapping, but it's also a, a really cool feeling to get a ride from that out into a big stadium. Oh, I believe it. So how you, you get ready and you're ready for the Grand Prix. How did that go? And then it started raining oh. and raining <laughs> and pouring. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we knew that we were watching the forecast the whole time going, come on, just push back another day, push back another day with it. It's like, no, hundred percent chance of like three inches of rain expected. And it did. And it poured. And so I had to kind of take that into my plans as well. Cause I knew with the cold weather and with the rain and stuff that wizard was going to be a little more frisky. So I got on him early that morning, took him into the show ring once more, just to let him walk truck can or, you know, burn off a little bit of steam and get him in that, in that environment once more. And then for my warm up. They had a covered arena, which most people chose to warm up in, but I know Wizard hates water. It's like his nemesis. He hates splashing. He hates dripping. It's not his thing. So I did like 10 minutes of warm up in the indoor, and then I said, you know, we got to go out in the in the outdoor arenas, even though there's standing water, because he's got to feel this splashing on him before we go in there. So we went out there and got thoroughly covered in mud and absolutely soaked oh. before we went down center line. <laughs> but he was... So good for me in the Grand Prix. I, it was the highest score I've ever gotten in the Grand Prix over in Europe. And I mean, he—you wouldn't have known that he hated water and that it was pouring down rain on him. He absolutely was with me. We had a little mistake in our ones, but other than that, he was just super. And I couldn't have been more happy to be able to put that strong score in for the team. And then they were able to go into the second day, you know, sitting in that strong fourth position. And then Laura and Stefan were able to obviously have just awesome rides. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys all were, were phenomenal. Really, really quite good. So tell us tell us about the special. How did that go? The special, he was not as good in. He, some, I don't know. I still, you know, you never know with horses. He had an off day in between. I, I didn't do much with him. I don't know. Maybe I should have done a little more. I don't know. He, he wasn't as good for me in the special. He had a little resistance coming into the first tee off. The trot work was beautiful, but just some uncharacteristic mistakes. But like I said, hey, I can hardly be mad with him. He, he's done so much for me this season. And he pulled out, you know, the, one of his best tests for the team when we needed it. And so I was just so, so happy with everything he's accomplished over this year for me. 
So maybe you could tell us what what you're thinking and, and what's next after you have a little bit of a break. Yeah, well, once I finish unpacking... <laughs> <laughs> and laundry, I'm it's sure. It's going to happen. Yeah, I got a ride today. as my first day back at the barns. I got to ride all the other horses that have been here that I've been really missing, so that's exciting <laughs> to see them again. Um, and then we have about two months at home, and then we're going to be starting to pack up and head back down to Florida again in November. And my goal for Wizard for next year, um, if everything keeps going well and you know all the stars align, I would love to try to qualify for the World Cup. Oh, yes. I love doing my freestyle. We've always done. Yeah, in Vegas. And it's at the Thomas Mack Center. And Perry Thomas, who's been Debbie and my longtime sponsor, you know, helped build that arena. And that was such a special show when Debbie rode there with Rentina. I just think if there was any way we made it there, it would be a really incredible thing for Perry to get to come watch his horse show there again. Absolutely. And and Philip and I already booked our tickets. So we will be cheering. Yay. We're gonna be there. We're gonna cheer sure. I'll be we'll there. Whether us. or not I'm riding, I'm gonna be there anyway. <laughs> I just love yeah, that book. Awesome. I thought it was so fun when it was there last. Yeah, it was. And so then really was. other than that I have I'm gonna hopefully be able to focus a little on some young horses that we have this coming season since last year was you know, eight months on the road was pretty much wizard. <laughs> sure. Hopefully yeah. we can we can start to play around with some of the younger ones. We've got, you know, all the way from three year olds up to some some that will be seven next year, and it's just it's fun to have new blood and keeps it exciting. Is Wizard is Wizard sad to to not have your full time attention now? Oh, he is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I warned Taylor, who was grooming for me over there. I go, just you know, he struggles emotionally with this when we get home because he's kind of had this whole entourage of people for the last several months catering to his every need. And so now, like, if you walk by him with another horse, he gets so mad, he pins his ears and charges the stall. <laughs> Anyone else can walk by leading a horse, but if I walk by leading a horse, he gets very upset about it. Oh, he says, <laughs> he that's just my doesn't mommy. understand. So we're, we're still trying to make him think he's the most special horse ever because he's kind of got a ego thing going sure sure absolutely well as he should so well adrian thank you so much for your time tonight as always we love having you on and i cannot wait to have you on leading up to vegas next year and uh (laughs) getting ready and and that will be super fun so um but keep keep up the good work and and thank you for being such a great team member and that was all exciting and we were all cheering for you big time all right thank you guys and Adrian, I almost forgot. How do we? Um, how do our listeners find you online? Yeah, I have a Facebook and Ask Me page. It just says Adrian Lyle Dressage Rider, and then I also have a website, uh, just AdrianLyle.com. Well, it is always fun to hear from Adrian. She's such a cool person, and just to hear her experience uh, over over in Europe gave me chills. So I look forward to seeing her in the World Cup for sure. So right after this um, break from Easy Signs Online, we're going to talk with Jody Kelly, um, an FEA rider and trainer from Destin, Florida. This week's Spotlight product from EasySignsOnline.com is their Outdoor Silhouette Cutouts. Made from a long-term outdoor durable vinyl aluminum material, these cutouts will outlast the old-style painted wood ones by many, many years. A great way to add an equestrian image to your barn, horse stalls, mailboxes, houses, or campers. Choose from dozens of equestrian or animal graphics online, available in two different sizes starting at only $59.95. And remember, free shipping on most orders over $100, all at EasySignsOnline.com. Get your silhouette cut out today. 
It is always our pleasure to have Jody Kelly from Jody Kelly Dressage in Destin, Florida on. Jody, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. Well, we love having you, and but I have to be honest, I was pretty jealous watching all your Facebook posts from <laughs> France. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, how long were you, how long did you go to the WAG for? So we left um, Friday night. We landed Saturday. We were there Saturday to Saturday, and you know, it, it was it's a long week when you are a rider and you're used to riding daily. To be gone a full week and watching riding without actually riding. I was ready to come home. I'm not going to lie. It was a fantastic trip. It was a great week, but a week was a, it was a long time to be there. <laughs> that is, that is a long time. And I, I remember my experience here at the WEG, you know, for the second week, uh, just the thought of like going to the venue. It, it It's a long week. It's a lot of waiting right. in line and, and, and that kind of yeah. stuff. No, it totally is. By the time the freestyles were done, I mean, we loved every minute of it. It was fantastic. I wouldn't have missed a minute of it. But I was ready to go home, and there were people in our group that were there through the three-day and the show jumping. And, like, they had a whole other week of it. And I was like, woof, I got to go ride. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Well, we're going to put you a little bit on the spot because we, um, you know, last week we had a great interview with Geraldine Finn about sort of the venue and the backstory. And so we definitely plugged you to help us a little bit about you know, talk to us a little bit about the rides and what you saw overall, sort of the overall riding at these games, maybe even versus the Kentucky games. Right. Um, so, okay, so we started with the Grand Prix, and uh, the first two days of competition were all the Grand Prix, and there were 100 rides. So we saw 50 Grand Prix a day, which which was amazing. And I have to say, this games probably had and I don't know the statistics and I could be wrong, but what seemed like to me so much more variation, like there were people from countries that I, I had no idea that they had dressage horses, you know, more so than I've ever seen before, which was cool. You know, it was a really neat thing to, to see that it's, it's even taking bigger wings than it already has. Um, you know, of course you had your, your, your few countries, Germany, Holland were right in there the whole time. And then, um, Charlotte came blowing in at the end with Belegro and jumped to Great Britain all the way up to the silver, silver medal. Um, but I, you know, I really, for the Grand Prix, it, it's like a lot of world games, you know, because you go to Aachen or you go to some of the shows in Holland and it's like one after the other, after the other horses are, um, amazing. And then you go to Wags, which we've always talked about that. Like you, every country can send their top four. So, Germany was only able to send four, whereas they probably have 10 of the top riders in the world that are just from their country, you know? So it makes it a little bit, it, it definitely, what I noticed the most about, and, and I noticed it in Kentucky as well, um, is it gives you a pretty large variation in horses, in riders, in training, in everything. So for me, the Grand Prix was more of like, okay, well, that horse will knock your socks off. That horse is going to be one of the top in the world. And then that one, you can tell, you can almost see the partnerships and see the, okay, they've done everything they can to be here to represent their country. And you kind of have to imagine where they're from. And it's like, good for them for being here, you know? And then you have the next rider who's from Germany and you know that they had to duke it out with every, you know, multiple riders that could easily just given who had the best test that moment that could easily be on that team. Um, 
So for the Grand Prix, I felt like that was really interesting. And we really started to watch that and see the different places, the different countries that sent really, really strong representatives. Um, There was a rider that made it all the way to the top. Honestly, I can't remember who it was, but I was really impressed with her horse. And she ended up making it all the way to the freestyle from um, Austria, which was which was kind of new um, to see them somewhere up in the top. And you could just kind of see some countries coming along that are slowly starting to build teams up and, and send really, really interesting representatives. So um, for me, that was the most fascinating part of the Grand Prix was just to see such a huge variation. Um, of course, our American riders went and I was really happy to see. It. And it was actually, it was interesting. To this is the Horse Radio and, um, Network. Tina and Adrian, this is I had all, all season, and I thought it was really impressive to see their horses after seeing them this past season, and where they were, and what they were, um, how they were competing last season, as opposed to um, then after a solid summer of training hard and clearly working as a team and really having a goal. Their horses were drastically improved, and um, Stefan, I guess I didn't see that much. It seems like he came to something, and I saw Legolas. Um, but just since I saw all three of those horses last time, I was really, really pleasantly surprised with how solid they were and how just um, international they looked, you know, which which is kind of strange to say, but you see, like, these amazing Grand Prix horses that are, like, amazing to me, yeah, what separates Grand Prix horses that we see, like, in Wellington and stuff, you see them and they're great, but they're, like, amazing national horses or what jumps them into the next league is amazing Grand Prix international horses. And I just felt like our team looked the most international than they've looked in a while. Um, the horses, the gates had so much volume. And, um, yeah, I, was, I have to say I was really impressed with that. And then Lara Graves, I had never seen her compete. Or if I did, she and everybody says that she was around Wellington and had done a couple. I'm honestly not sure which one she was at and if, if I saw her, I know she didn't do amazing. Like, she just got into Gladstone by the skin of her teeth. If she was in Wellington, I didn't notice her. <laughs> but let me tell you, she was amazing. And um, and, the, and the coolest thing in, in France, I mean, uh, the coolest thing was that she only got better, too. You know, you watch these horses compete over. It's a pretty grueling um, week of competition, even though they have they have their rest day on Thursday. and But the... She, because she was second in the second group of our team, she showed on Tuesday, showed on Wednesday, had a rest day Thursday, and then showed again on Friday, which is pretty intense. And she only got better. She got Her horse got stronger, more confident, more powerful. You could tell, which was really cool because a lot of the other horses that started out amazing and strong in their Grand Prix, as the days went by, they got a little bit tired, and you could tell they got a little cranky, and they got a little bit, you know, things started to go wrong. Whereas with her, it just only got better. So. Yeah, and and that's what we we had the pleasure of, of talking with her last week, and and that's what uh-huh. she said. You know, she was she was really cute about it, and how you know her horse developed, and how she felt better, and so he felt better, and um, yeah, it was really fun. And, and you know what? It was so obvious from the stand, like just to watch that partnership and watch that, and like you could just see their faces coming in for the first day, you know, and everybody's like, hmm, what's going to happen, you know, and. <laughs> And just every day, you could see it in her extended. You could see it in, like, you could just tell she went for it a little bit more. They got a little more confident. And and the coolest thing is that horse was right there for her. You could tell that they have such a relationship. She knows him. And, and it's interesting because she walks into the arena. 
which you, I don't think I saw anybody else do it. She doesn't even go all the way around the show arena before she enters, but she comes walking in very quietly, very almost apprehensively. And, and the first time I saw her do it in the Grand Prix, I thought, oh, that's not a very good way to come in, you know, because it seems like a lot of people come in to go around the arena, like, boom, make an impression. Here I am. And they came in very calm, very quiet, and she only walked across the short side at A and turned around and walked back across the short side at A. And the bell rang and she went in. And I thought, ooh, that's not, <laughs> I don't know about that. And you know what? It worked. And then she did it, the same thing for the special and she did the same thing for the freestyle. So that's clearly their routine. That's something they've developed over the years for whatever reason, but it works. <laughs> but it was not what works for her, right? Yeah, I'd be exactly. terrified to do that. I'd be like, yeah, no right? way. Like, she never went down to the other end. There were judges booths. There were video cameras. And in the Grand Prix, he did halfway hesitate for a split second in the walk works when he was walking right at one of the big cameras. Because, of course, it was raining. And so the cameras have those big tarps and everything over. And then the cameraman is all covered, you know, had all his rain gear. So it, it was, but but it was amazing. Like, she was, I really think she was probably the only one that didn't even go to that end of the arena. But. He soldiered on, and so all the power to her. She she definitely knew, but that was the cool thing. She knew exactly what needed to be done, and I'm sure that I was not the only one going. Oh, go to go to the other end, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, but hey, whatever, it worked. So no, Jody, Jody, did you see that as a theme? As you know, there was a lot of seasoned competitors there who have been to the big venues, you know, Aachen and and uh, the bigger competitions in Europe versus the countries. The smaller countries just coming into into the wag. Did did you see that in their horses as well? Some apprehensiveness and and you know, do you think that makes a difference in the scores in the in the Grand Prix? Yeah, you know, I think so. I honestly, I don't think that it was that like across the board. I wouldn't say that it's like, oh, that one's spooky. It hasn't been enough places. Oh, that one's been around. You know what I mean? Some of the some of the big horses that that you know have been to Aachen, have been to the big indoor shows, have been to the huge stadiums. A few of them were spooking too. And really there wasn't, I mean, a couple of them looked and like even Lara's horse, like literally it was like a hesitation in one step. Like it was hardly even really a legit spook, but I mean, it was enough that it did mark her down a little bit in our walk work. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't know, again, my perspective is just from the stands, but it seemed like the, the horses were comfortable in the arena and like they seemed happy. I, I can't think of any real disasters. One horse, I don't. I'm not sure what happened. It was, but it like bit its tongue or did something. But there was, they stopped her before she even got started. Um, she like made it halfway across her first extended. But other than that, all the other everybody seemed to rock along pretty well. And I was at the um, the Hermes party that uh, you said had on Monday night. I guess it was. Yeah, it was Monday night because it was after the first day of competition, and it had rained. All day long, and I um, I saw Stefan and had a chance to ask him about the footing and how everything was holding up, and he said they had no complaints about how the footing was holding up and the 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 way as far as the horses go, they all seemed really happy. Um, but they the rain didn't seem to be affecting them, and um, with they had to walk under. Um, it was interesting because the horses would you could walk all the way around the stadium when you were up in the. Uh, like up on the level where all the seats were. And if you look out, like where the horses walked in, you would expect to see them out the back side of the stadium. And they weren't, <laughs> they were looking for them the first day. And they actually had to walk out of the stadium and go under a tunnel. They had to go through a tunnel that went under the road in the parking lot and then popped out the warm up that was like 
Stefan said it was like a five or six minute walk from the warm up to the uh, to the show arena. So that was kind of interesting how how they did all of that. Um, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't know that it was that far. Yeah, and they had uh, quite a few cameras. Like often they had the cameras of you know following them along the way, and it was cute. There was one girl. I think she was from Australia. I could be wrong. But um, her mare was having no part of going through the tunnel. And she was, you know, of course, you're on the clock once it's your time to go. You better get over there. And the mare was, they had the cameras on her. And, like, the mare was spinning around and going backwards. And the girl was adorable. And she jumped off and pulled her reins over her head and was running with her horse in, in her shot belly, totally dressed, ready to go to the ring. Like, you would have thought that a groom or somebody at that level would have grabbed their horse. Nope, she popped off, grabbed the horse ran through the tunnel trotting and like you could see her like she pops out in the stadium you see her put her somebody gave her a leg up threw her on her horse and she was trotting in the ring it was pretty cute like and she wrote a really good test we were like well that's one way to do it but, i think uh, we've all had that cute. moment when you're get, right gotta yeah get exactly in the like ring. oh we just gotta get there so i love it and then as far as the rest of the week goes you know what i have to say the second half of the Grand Prix special was probably the most intense, most exciting, maybe not even just special, but any world competition that I've ever seen. Like we were literally on the edge of our seats because it truly, and it, it surprised me because it, you know, you get to the special and it weeds out all the, you know, like I said, those other countries that come that they've done everything they can to get there. Yay. Okay. You had your experience. Then they take the top 25 to do the special, and it's like, all right, now is when everybody buckles down, you know, and it kind of separates the men from the boys. And the and then it's divided up. They start to do the reverse order thing in the groups. So by the time you get towards the end of the special, it is truly the top 10 in the world or the top, you know, whatever, the last group. And they were, until Lara went, Lara, I think, got like a 77 and change. Until Lara went, there were... So many that would be like right. I, I think that the top, I can't remember, the top like 10 were within less than one point of each other, like one percentage point of each other. And it was amazing because they were all so perfect and so correct. It was literally a matter of that one did a little hesitation and boom, it would take them down and you'd lose a half a point when usually you think, yeah, okay, one little movement fine, whatever, you're still right up there. And you literally, somebody would go from being first, second, you know, and the scoreboard's there and it's got the running score and it's got the placing and everything, but they go from first to 10th within less than a full movement. And oh. you're like, oh, and then oh. they start to make up the points again. And then you're like, no, you, and, and then you have one brilliant something and you, they get a, an 8.5 or a nine on it. And it jumps them again from 10th all the way back up to first. So it was really, really intense. And and I think probably the closest closest competition I've ever seen of of so many riders. And then it jumped the last couple. You know, you have Damon Hill and um, Des, who was it? Damon Hill, Desperados, um, Parsifal, and then of course Charlotte. That's still a league of their own. But you have those three who were literally. I think um, Parsifal missed the bronze medal in the special by like I think it was like four hundredths of a percentage point. Like she oh. ended up fourth. Oh. And it was so, so between those, those two, between Desperados and Parsifal, it was so close. And then Damon Hill, Charlotte went ahead, went, and then Vallegro had a couple little mistakes. And the funny thing was, and Charlotte talked about it later, I saw it in an interview, 
she did her first extended trot and she got an like 9.5 um across the board and the whole crowd gasped and she you could see and she said that she heard everybody because you know most of the time everybody gasps when somebody makes a mistake rarely do they gasp when something is great you know that's when everybody stays quiet and everybody gasped when they when her score of a 9.5 came up and because it was the first movement all they had scored was her halt which was great and so her score was like a 92 percent as it you know because it's got the running score and so she actually you could see charlotte like hesitated for a second like oh like she thought she messed up or she thought she thought something was wrong because of the crowd's reaction so that was unfortunate because i think it backed her off like she went in with so much confidence she had that first extended she was not to say that her score would have stayed at a 92, but she was riding with such confidence in the crowd. It was obvious that the crowd backed her off. And then she had those little couple mistakes and, um, and it left the door wide open for Desperados or no Damon Hill. It was Damon Hill. So it was right behind her and everybody was like, Oh, is she going to beat her? But of course it ended up with a pretty decent gap. But, but truly I think the special was the most intense, the most, you know, because even it doesn't matter how much you love dressage and how much when you're sitting in the stands all day long, you do kind of start to glaze over every once in a while, you know. <laughs> yes. And and there was like absolutely no glazing over. Like we literally could not take our eyes off of it and could not wait for the next horse. Even um, for horse husbands, so. Jody, I would have been there with you. Do what? Say that again. Even a horse husband would have been there right with you on the edge of my seat. I really think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> because it was like it was such a they were such little minute differences. I guess that was the thing. And you know what? I have to actually I take that back. I think you would have been too. Because of the running scoreboard. You know, the running scoreboard helps so much for the because I we did have one of the mothers that was with us who's the mother of one of my young riders and she's great and she loves horses and she's a horse person, but not necessarily she doesn't love every second of it like we do but she was even really really on the edge of her seat too because of the plate because of the running scoreboard and they had the scoreboard not um not just the big one but they had them in front of each section of seating so it was right there and you could see it and that i think is what really did make it interesting because of what i said like they'd be in first they'd be in first they'd be in first they'd have one little hitch of course she didn't see the hitch but she'd be like huh ah. What happened? You know, so I, I stood the whole time going, oh, he was uneven there. She's like, what? But but at least it did. It actually did really keep her interested in, in it as well. Just because of that, such a variation of what one little misstep could do for you, you know, as far as being first or tenth. <laughs> No, I think, and, yeah. and I think it makes it more interesting in general watching. I mean, I, you even, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, it well, that's a 10. Oh my gosh, that's a nine, five. You know, I think it right. even for, it's, it's great to educate your eye or, or, Absolutely. you know, just keep, keep that, that coming. Especially when you see all of that, like, like you, it, because you look at it and you think, what could they possibly do better? How can they make that better? You know, and then you see it and you go, okay, well, if they scored that one, oh, well, okay, well, that one's a 9.5. I see why that one's an 8.5. You know what I mean? So it really is. For for everybody, it it, that, it is really helpful. So I, I have to say, I really think out of the whole week, the special was by far my favorite. And that's that's rare. Normally, the, the freestyles for me are like the big, you know, and for most people even. And that was it was a sold out stadium for the freestyles and, you know, it, but I really, truly, I appreciated the special the most out of everything. Um, and then the freestyles, you know, I have to say, I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed in the music this time around. 
Really? Um, oh, that's yeah. sad. I, it really was, and and I don't I don't know if if more people feel that way or not. But my whole group was kind of like, huh? Like, there's just there wasn't any really fun fun Jody. like get your. Jody, I have to agree with you, and actually, don't tell anybody. But I did watch the freestyle. Um, Yay, Glenn! Don't tell anybody. Uh, But I got to tell you that you know when we watched when we were at WAG and we had the Spanish guy go in 2010, and there were there were others that yeah there were others that had fantastic upbeat, really pounding music. And I watched this one. I even Charlotte's. I went. I was still like, where's the where's the power? Where's the you know where's the fun? Where's the rock and And roll? Last time had like I like her old one like I remember her pirouettes and it was such a vivid and it was the bells from the clock tower in England like and it was her pirouettes and it was such a beautiful and and it's gone it's not in her new freestyle and there's just none of them really knocked my socks off. Well, I got to tell you, the Germans can ride, but boy, their music they put in the freestyles just background music. It is. It's like elevator music. It's even worse. Totally is. And actually, and I'm not. Honestly, I really don't know what who picks the music for their background music for the Grand Prix. But do you know, Reese? Who I don't. Do uh, I think somebody. No, somebody picked. No, the, the announcer. I think does it. I think. Not the writers, right? Yeah, Mm-mm. the music. But even and and Maddie, who was with me, Maddie said the same thing. She said, "I liked some of the background music for the Grand Prix." better than we liked the freestyle music. Like, it was more entertaining, and, like, we caught ourselves, like, because, like, one of them was funny. They had It's Raining Men for their something. Like, it was more appropriate and more entertaining than the actual freestyles. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not to say that the writing wasn't fantastic, and it was, you know, the degree of difficulty was amazing. Um, but but she just takes some of the ones in the past, you know, like um, Debbie McDonald's just will always be, you know, the respect one with Franchina. But then even the one that they have for Wizards, like I, it made me really sad that Adrian wasn't in the freestyles well, I, just to liven it up because Wizards music is so fun. And like, you can't help not, you, you know, know, not like almost want to dance with her. You know what and I think the difference thing, is? It was technically, the writing was technically correct, but I don't know that it crossed over to really fun. Right. It never was fun. None of it was fun. No. I, I have to say, it, none of it was really Fun. Wow! And somebody agreed with me. <laughs> no, you're totally right. And somebody, and, but but I think the freestyles should be entertaining for the non-horse people. That, you know that's exactly I mean? like, right. That's if you're going to catch the horse husbands on anything, it has to be freestyle. Exactly. Sure. And, just gonna, and and like and Laura, but I have to say, I was out of all of them. But maybe it's because I, you know, it could be a little biased. But out of all of them, I really, really loved Laura's freestyle, the actual freestyle. Her music again. It kind of honestly, I think it blended in with just with the rest of them. But her the her movement, the the choreography of her freestyle, I thought was really technically one of the coolest that I saw. And it was just really, especially knowing how young she is and how green they are to the international scene, it was really really bold. And like she had piaffs that were closer to the judges than G, and it was just in your face and and extended and things on center line and things literally like right at the judges, like watch this. And she, the coolest thing was she nailed every one of them. And, you know, there's a lot of, and they always tell you, don't take the risk if you can't, if you can't execute it, you know, like that's what I've heard all my years of doing three styles. It doesn't matter how fancy you make it. If you can't do it and do it well, don't try it. And there were a lot of things where you, you would say that about, her test because it was like, oh, that was risky, but it was 
so solid and it was so clear that she easily could nail it today, tomorrow, and, you know, next week that it was really impressive and just made you go, you go girl, you know, it was neat. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Jody, thank you so much for your time tonight. This was really a cool discussion yeah. on, yeah, about what you saw and what it was like to really, really be there in the yeah. stands. Again, we're it was, so it was jealous. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a really cool experience. You know, just across the board, I have to say, I, that the venue I'm sure you heard about was not amazing and doesn't even compare to Kentucky in any way, shape, or form. But being in France was really fun and, you know, a lot of history. We had, we had really fun times on our days off and... That means that, that means Jody held it and didn't go to the bathroom for a week is what that he, means. No, what that means is that I found the <laughs> handicap bathroom way underneath the stadium that was like a mile from there and we kept it our secret all week. That was smart. <laughs> but that I was can smart tell you I did not use the hold. <laughs> I heard that was a little rough for everyone. Oh for my gosh. Involved. People were yeah, no, it was it was not twenty years from now they're still gonna be talking about the bathrooms yeah. at the yeah, wagon right? France. <laughs> The rest of the world doesn't use those. <laughs> I, I would have, I would have, I yeah, that would have been rough. So, yeah. And on that, so, we'll end. And on that on note, that note. <laughs> Jody, how do our listeners, how do our listeners find you online? JodyKellyDressage.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, and we love having you on. Can't wait for the next time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, as always, we really are thankful from Justin from Total Saddle Fit um, for his trainer tip and his sponsorship. But we truly want to tell everyone um, he was very kind and sent us each a girth, Philip and I. Um, so I love this girth. I use it uh, on my precious Denali. Everyone's heard me talk about my wonderful um, Denali who had a birthday last week. I'm just saying. So he's officially <laughs> six years old. Um, I wasn't home. used to bite when you put the girth on. Oh, he was awful. He was bad to Dolly and would bite you, and he just hated getting the girth on. I mean, really, he was. And I tried every girth I had in my barn, and I tried pads. I talked to Philip about it. I was like, what is wrong with him? I have no idea. Nothing was pinching him that I could see. Uh, and then we got this girth from Justin, and it tr- now he's okay, he's not perfect to tack up. Yeah, he is perfect, but just not. But, <laughs> but he's so much better. I mean, he doesn't bite anymore, and he was really aggressive about it. And so I could tell something was bothering him, uh, but he does not do that anymore with this girth. So I what love it. What do you it. think and the difference was with this girth as opposed to the other one? I think it's the design. I I, I, I wish I... The pressure just goes yeah. in the right place, right? I mean... Yeah. It just uh, it allows because it moves it back a little, the right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it, I don't know. He's really narrow, so I don't know if if the girth was pinching him because he's narrow in the chest. I'm not sure, but I can tell you that from firsthand experience, I was at wit's end. I mean, I, I would have. Uh, it's also to tell everybody, it's it's a really reasonably priced girth, and so I I um I would have tried anything at that point because I was so upset that he was so angry about getting his girth on. So. Uh, I love it, and I'm not. I'm, I'm telling you guys that from the, from the heart. It's a really phenomenal product, so um, really, really like it. Plus, her husband appreciates that she doesn't have chew marks all over her yeah, body. Yeah, all over my arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't get bitten or kicked or or something <laughs> violent. And that's totalsaddlefit.com.
Excellent. Well, I think that we can get to our trainer tip for the week. Um, Reese and I will be doing it this this week because we keep getting such awesome questions from our listeners via email. And uh, maybe I'll just get right to it. How about it? Perfect. Okay. So we just have a question from a listener that wants to know what are some exercises to improve thrust, as in trot lengthening. The uh, a judge commented that my mare was going a little bit wide behind and needed to develop more thrust. Um, things that she already knows to do, and I know we've talked about this before, so uh, more transitions within gates, in between gates, and hill work outside the arena. She doesn't get terrible scores, but she needs to, to learn how to improve this. So um, any extra tips here, Reese, beyond those couple things? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously a listener, we love that. You know, you and I are both a huge proponent for hill work. We're a huge proponent for Cavalettis. Um, I see this a lot um, in kind of going from training to first level and first level to second level. Some of this is, it, it's really interesting because there are times where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, why can't they get it? Why? I, I've been doing my hill work. I've been doing Cavalettis. I've been doing transitions. You know, why are they just not able to have a big, huge trot? And I tell everybody that sometimes they just need to continue because it takes a long time to get a horse to have – and especially, I mean, okay, you have your superstars that sort of come out naturally and, and are able to do it. Um, but then you need horses that need a little bit of time. And I will tell you, this has happened with several of the horses I've trained and trained for a long period of time where we've done all this, you know, and the, the riders are like, oh, you know, they're just running – and, and I just can't get them to have thrust and engagement and pushing power from behind. And then one day they sort of get it. And I've seen that happen multiple times with horses where they just finally figure it out and have the strength to figure it out. Um, so that would be a little bit of my tip is just to, to continue doing just what you're keep doing. Going. Just keep, keep going. Yeah. Going. Cause it, sometimes it just takes them a long time to, to figure it out. And then once they get it, and they have the strength, and they have the ability, um, they, they'll get it. And the other thing I was going to say, Philip, is sometimes when you're trying to do the lengthening or a medium trot, um, 60 meters, the whole diagonal, is a long way. That's a long way. So sometimes we'll start on a three-quarter diagonal. So um, it, it's just not as far, as much ground to cover, because I think sometimes the horse gets – maybe, you know, 30, 30 to 40 meters and they just kind of can't hold it anymore. And then the person says, oh, come on, come on. We have a little bit longer to go. So I think sometimes not going that whole length is a really good thing as well. Yeah. How about you, Phil? I was what do you going to say, you know, the design of the second level test where it brings in um, collection lengthenings, um, traver and shoulder in is really smart because all of those things go together. Um, I just wanted to go back to the comment about um, the mare traveling a little wide behind, and and that and that can happen. And and that horses, when you start to push them on a little bit, they put the hind legs to the outside of the body so that they don't have to come in under the center of the gravity and really carry the weight. That's a very normal thing. And so, um, just doing shoulder in traver, shoulder in traver a lot uh, will will help to really teach the horse to carry the legs underneath the body. And then when once I have a good feeling in my shoulder and then in my traver, I'm going to do the lengthenings, uh, you know, not across the diagonals, but down the long sides in shoulder in. Again, to teach the horse to put the hind leg underneath the body and go forward. You know, that's I mean, that's really hard to do. It takes probably, uh, you know, a year at least kind of to, to be, be doing sh- shoulder in and, and, and carrying that to develop this shoulder in 
lengthening thing to get that the, the hind legs under the front end up you know this is um this is really where you know the hard work really starts to come in and, and it takes a lot of time to develop this and to develop the fitness of the of the horse and rider um so i would just say take your lengthenings away from the diagonals now work them on the short side sometimes work them you know halfway down the long side work them within the 20 meter circle again the 20 meter circle when you have the right bend forces the hind legs a little bit more underneath the body rather than on a straight line where the where the horses can get can easily get very wide and and that's something that's hard hard to correct when you're just riding always the same across the diagonal all the time so so um just be doing the lengthenings in different places and on curves and and you know within your your serpentines and stuff don't just do it okay lengthenings in the test are, are, are almost always across diagonals all the way to grand prix have extended trot across the diagonal but that's not the way you have to train it, right? Train it in different ways, get creative with it, and keep working on, on everything in, in second level, not just the things that you think are weak because it's all connected. Everything helps everything else. And so, you know, you have to get good at the, the complete second level, including, you know, the turn on the forehand or on the hind legs and, and a little pirouette types work and, and you know, and the, uh, the transition, canter, walk, walk, canter. Those, all those things make the horse very strong, and then, and then the last thing I think is just, you know, uh, as much as possible, get some video, get some eyes on the ground because then you can kind of see and feel what it feels like when you have, you know, enough push, right? Sometimes it's just when you're on your own, you feel like, oh, you know, I'm really, I'm really going for it. And then you watch it on video and it's like, you know what, that horse can work a little bit harder or I could really go for a little bit more, you know, get out of your comfort zone. We talked about all these things before, get out of your comfort zone go for a little extra, a little tap behind on the whip or, or something like that. Um, you know, it all plays in together. Does that sound about right? Yeah, no, I think that sounds great. And I think that that's, yeah, it all, and, and that's just a hard, hard time. We've stressed that a lot, that sort of jump to second level. It's big. It's a big, big jump for horses. And and I think that, you know, we think, okay, we're ready. We did training at first level and ready for second. And it's like, well, may, you know, maybe you need a winter season to get them strong enough and to carry the weight and, um, or the, even the whole season to sort of get, get them where they need to be. So, uh, keep up yeah, the good there's work. There's no problem in, in doing first level again and getting really good at it and, and, and really comfortable at first level while you continue to work on your second level stuff or, you know, I've had I've had riders take a season off because they just didn't feel ready. They didn't want to ride the other level, or or uh, didn't want to ride first level again for another season. Spent the time and and the money. You know, when we all have limited resources on getting extra coaching, doing some clinics and stuff, getting help with their second level work. There's no problem with that, right? It all takes everybody different times, you know, to to develop, and the horses take different time to develop. So, um, you know. There's no, no reason why you have to go training this year, first level next year, second level next year. Third, you know, there's, you know, there's different ways to think about your training and, and letting the horses do their job. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I love it. Well, again, cool. thank you for all the email questions and Facebook uh, shout-outs we've been getting. We love it. We love listener participation. And we will try to get to every one of the tips. That's our, that's our goal. So thanks for hanging in and everybody that sent them in. We will get them on the show as soon as we can. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philoparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. 
I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you soon. 